This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Around the world, millions of people have sent their DNA to genetic testing companies such as 23andMe and Ancestry.com to get a better idea of who they are. You are 50, pretty much 50% European. But for a long time, these genetic tests worked better for white people. If you were of East Asian descent, these companies did not have a big enough data pool to identify your precise ancestry. Then it says I'm 67% broadly Chinese and Southeast Asian. Um, so that means they couldn't pinpoint where in China. This created an enormous business opportunity on the other side of the world. China's DNA sequencing market is expected to grow to more than 4 billion US dollars by 2023, much faster than the overall global market. So, test, test. for today's episode, Today is... in September, me and my producer Yang Yang went to Chengdu, home of the pandas. But sadly, we weren't there to visit the pandas. We were there to visit one of the leading genetic testing companies in China. We visited their lab. So we're now like an air-conditioned room with like several metal shelves filled with trays of test tubes of people's saliva. We spoke to their CEO. We also got our own DNA test kits. I don't have enough saliva. And learned interesting things about ourselves weeks later. Okay, I'm nearly 85% Southern Han. But we didn't stop there. I'm Dr. Chao Gu Zhen. Uh, I'm a geneticist by training. In this episode, we look into China's genetic testing market and ask, what do these reports really mean? How accurate are they? What's at stake by giving out your DNA? Essentially, your most personal data. And for better or for worse, how will these genetic tests change our lives? Well, buckle up. We'll be right back. From South China Morning Post, this is Inside China Tech. Insights into what matters. Come work for us because we are 996. Are you okay? I studied Alibaba 1999 in my apartment. What's your problem? Speed and data. And that's where China comes in. Here's your host, Zen Su. On the landing page of 23 Mofang, a genetic testing company, three questions feature prominently. Who am I? Where do I come from? What does my future look like? Sounds almost philosophical, right? Genetic testing kits promise to answer these questions and beyond. If you dig deeper on 23 Mofang's website, you'll find that they provide almost 200 test items in their reports, including things like ancestry, genetic risks, drug reactions, and even how good of a drinker you are or how well you can cope with stress. Whether it's in China or in the U.S., customers are paying to fulfill their curiosity. This is Zhou Kun. He's the founder and CEO of 23Mofang. Zhou thinks that DTC, or direct-to-consumer genetic testing, is still at an early stage where customers simply want to know more about themselves. The customers are just curious. Why does my face turn red when I drink? Why is my hair curly? What diseases might I have in the future? Before starting 23Mofang in 2015, Joe was running a data analysis company in the real estate industry. Seeing the potential of direct-to-consumer biotech, 
Joe believed that they could apply the same data mining skills from real estate to genetic testing. We think that in the future, life will be digitized. And when life is digitized, it can therefore be computed. I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a Black Mirror episode. But he's not wrong. After all, this is already happening. We are living in a world where data already predicts what we should do next. Netflix tells us what we might like to watch, and Amazon suggests things that we might want to buy. I've put stir-fry vegetables on your shopping list. Now, companies like 23MoFang claims to be able to tell us where we're from, how our body is built, and even how likely we are to catch a disease. When life is computable, there will be an explosion of opportunities and potential in disease prediction, medicine research, or even how we shop. In 2012, only 300,000 people did genetic tests in the US. By the end of 2018, that number jumped to 26 million. Today, 23MoFang has nearly half a million users. That might be a fraction compared to the industry in the US, but Joe is confident that by 2023, 50 million people in China would have gotten their genes tested. So why are so many people curious about themselves? One of the most popular results from 23MoFang is, of course, ethnicity. Zhou said that many overseas Chinese would buy genetic testing kits from 23MoFang instead of gravitating to leaders like 23andMe. Because in the past, 23andMe can only tell you that you're Chinese or you're East Asian. And you know what? You're like, bro, look at my face and you think? <laughs> <laughs> what I want is the details, right? Like, am I Han or somewhat Hakka or Miao? Joe thinks the different takes on ethnicity come from the different history and culture of the two countries. The U.S. is an immigrant country with only 200 years of history, so customers are satisfied with knowing where they came from merely 200 years ago. China is different. Chinese people have been migrating within China for the past 2,000 years. So for them, they are keen to know their family history dating back to two millennia ago. Which leads to another popular test result of theirs, to find out if you're a descendant of certain historic figures. So 23MoFang has calculated the Y-chromosome DNA haplogroup of Zhao Kuangyin, Liu Bang, Sima Guang, and etc. These were either the founding emperors or renowned politicians in ancient China. The point here is that 23MoFang claims to tell you if you're possibly the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids of these legendary figures in Chinese history. We're going to come back to this, but first... Okay, now we're at 23MoFang and we just interviewed the CEO um, and we visited the lab and Zen Su is finally ready to unpack her gene testing package. Yeah, so we bought one online. That was my producer Yang Yang and me at 23MoFang's headquarters in Chengdu. To get a better idea of what genetic testing can tell its users, we decided to be the guinea pigs. Okay, so now is the actual part of the test where you're supposed to spit two milliliters of saliva. After many tries of spitting... I don't have enough saliva. <laughs> I finally met the minimum amount of saliva required and registered my test kit in the app. Since we were already on site, we dropped off our test kits at the lab. Ta-da! Done. Cool. Awesome. That's the process. So, in 20 days... 
about two weeks later, hello, our results arrived just as I was on a break in Singapore. I think yours is a little bit more spread out. Mine mm. is I am eighty. Okay, I'm nearly eighty-five percent Southern Han. You're more Shanghainese than I am. I don't like, but I mean, I guess it's like yeah. South you can tell we had fun, and it was quite a comprehensive analysis. There's family migration paths and genetic diseases, and also the fun stuff. For example, Yang found that she could drink a lot, but she was not good at metabolizing caffeine. For me. I wasn't the lucky 14% of the population who isn't prone to getting pimples, and apparently have a larger brain volume than most. But we wondered, how seriously can we take these findings? To answer that, hello, hi, doctor. We need. I'm Dr. Chao Guzhen. I'm an assistant professor at the School of Biological Sciences at HKU.、Uh, I'm a geneticist by training, so、uh, my lab works on developmental neurobiology. So. Doctor, can you tell us, hopefully in a language that we could understand,、okay. what gene testing really does? So basically, every person、uh, has a set of three billion nucleotides in their genome. All right, bit, you can think about this like a, each position is、uh, one of the four different options A, B, C, G. And you have like a、uh, three billion letters,、okay. and obviously none of us has entirely identical three billion letters in our DNA because you know you are special. You're the only one. You're the only one like you. And on average, one in one thousand nucleotides will be different between you and me. So those are what we call、uh, polymorphisms. And those kind of polymorphisms sometimes are associated with specific traits, right? Specific like appearances or predispositions to diseases. That accounts for less than two percent of our genome. Now, there are mainly two ways to test for DNA. You can either do an extensive test where you sequence your entire DNA, but that's very expensive, easily thousands of U.S. dollars. Most genetic testing companies today don't use this method. Instead, the other option is to do a, a kind of a, a probe-based uh, uh, testing, which is that、uh, they will test the specific position of your genome to know whether it's a is A or T. But they can only test、uh, a, a limited number of positions, and they cannot discover kind of de novo mutations. Which means that mutations that are not covered by their current database, yeah. So in that case, they、yeah. just know what they know. Yeah, exactly. They cannot discover kind of de novo changes. Or, for example, if if the type of variation you're carrying is very rare,、uh, there's no way they can detect it. Okay, that was DNA testing 101. Now let's break it down. So I'm about fifty-eight percent of Northern Han. What does that really mean? Let me see whether I can. Yeah, here there are two actually pretty important liter like、uh, references delisted. For each result, twenty-three Mofang provides a list of references to establish the basis of the test. Basically, what they are doing is that in these references. They sequence the people from、uh, northern and southern part of China, and then trying to tell whether there are some differences. 
So the sequence to about one thousand seven hundred hand Chinese sam、uh, samples collected from twenty six regions. Uh, one thing that is interesting is that they didn't take any data from Beijing, Shanghai, things like that. They likely avoided metropolitan cities because the populations there are likely to be a smattering of people from everywhere in China. In contrast, they tested people in more rural areas, assuming that their families have stayed for generations. The other thing is that、um, we're not talking about like a demigration that happened in the history. So, so we're we're only talk, talking about kind of modern Han Chinese in the north and south. We're talking about two thousand Chinese. Exactly, only two thousand Chinese. Okay. So the sampling is is very limited,、mm -hmm. and and then based on this the results of those I and mean, based on those sequencing results, and、uh, they they came up with some differences, and then this is what their basis is. So they're matching your DNA with those tiny differences between the. The north and south of Chinese people. So, if the test says you're fifty-eight percent northern Han, that means you're carrying about fifty-eight percent of those polymorphisms, those polymorphisms that are characteristic of the northern Chinese in their database. Since that study was based only on a few thousand people, Dr. Cheng says that the study is not large enough to discern the differences between northern and southern Chinese accurately. At the end of the day, this should really only be taken with a pinch of salt. It's up to you to interpret that data. Next. So, 23 Mofang has calculated the Y chromosome DNA haplogroup of Zhao Kuangyin, Liu Bang, Sima Guang, and etc. Are you possibly a descendant of some Chinese legends? How do they determine the DNA of these people? Take Sima Guang, a celebrated historian and politician from a thousand years ago. That was based on a study of eleven families with the family name Sima. The researchers sequenced members of these eleven families and identified family-specific variations. And then they're using that as the basis. They're comparing that with your DNA and then see whether you carry any of those variations, right? Those polymorphisms. If you do, congratulations! You've apparently got that elite blood. But how much can you trust that these eleven families are real descendants of Sima Guang? If even one is not related, the data is spoiled. Basically, genetic tests often make assumptions when providing you your results, and you have to buy into those assumptions to accept that these results are accurate. So, what are、okay. the what are the more reliable results? Yeah, to me, I think the most reliable results are some of those genetic traits. For example, like ABO blood type.、Uh, you don't really need a genetic genetic testing to know that. You can do a blood test, but genetic test can confirm it, right? So, like those are like well established, no question asked. And then, like a, there is something here is a、uh, is a telomere length. A、uh, telomere is in general related to like a longevity. That was me. I was suddenly very interested. What I can tell you is that the telomere、uh, determines how many times your cell can divide. Right? Okay. So telomere are the ends of the chromosomes. Every time a cell divides, the telomere gets a little bit shorter, and eventually it wears out and the cells stop dividing. So if your telomere is longer than others,、uh, your cell may be able to divide a, a, a bit more, like more rounds than other people. Yeah. 
which may have something to do with, for example, regeneration, like a wound healing, like a aging process. Yeah, that's something that you can reliably test. Yeah, but there are down downside. If the telomere is long, I mean, for example, the cancer cells they can divide forever. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's not like you only get good parts, but okay. not the not so the bad part. So they they can test for the length of it, but they can't tell you what that means. Um. For your life, necessarily. Yeah, yeah, because it's very complicated. Yeah. Okay. Because the science is complicated. Yeah. So here it says like a, it's not the longer the better. <laughs> <laughs> but just because you have the natural advantage to live a longer life, how you really live it still matters a lot. For instance, studies show that experiencing chronic pressure can shorten your telomeres. It's a perfect example showing you how genetic and the environment will kind of factors will interact. Nature, right? Nature. Yeah. You, you may you may be born with a very long telomere, but you, if you subject yourself to chronic pressure and then stress and then and it gets shorter shorter than normal people maybe at the end. Okay, so if a short telomere and high stress, you're pretty much a goner. <laughs> Jokes aside, it's important to remember that not only do most genetic tests look at only a tiny little percentage of our genes, even if we completely sequence our DNA, our DNA does not define us. It's not our fate. Nature and nurture influence each other constantly. Your test results are only a guideline for how to better live your life. Now we only have one question left. Once we give our DNA away, is it still ours? Okay, that gets to a bit more sensitive uh, question. Like, who owns the data? Like, you send them your DNA, they give you this, this result, right? You don't really know what it did to your DNA, right? So, if you sign the form transferring the rights of your DNA ownership to them, they can do whatever they want. Right? That's part of the, the cash for 23 Me. But when you sign up for it, they can take your spit, Stuart, store it for up to 10 years with 23andMe and use it for research. So 23andMe offering like 99 US dollars for a variety of different tests, uh, but you transfer the rights of the ownership of the data to them. So, and then they build this sort of a gigantic database and then they open that database to pharmaceutical companies and then they make millions every, every month. So, so that's their business model because for, towards consumers, they are not making money. For example, like 400 RMB to, to do all of this for you, they're bleeding money, but they're building their database. And I do have a recording of where um, Zen was like reading agreements and she was like I didn't even read it. Crap. I didn't even read it. I just agree. <laughs> yeah, you should. Okay, okay that's, that's a, 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 a warning to everyone who wants to take those kind of tests. Definitely read through <laughs> the agreements. I hate to admit it, but that's what most of us do, right? We scroll through terms and conditions and casually check the boxes below without even reading them. But when it comes to our DNA, which is basically our biological signature, we really need to fight that too-long-didn't-read kind of impatience. I mean, DNA is basically your identity. Yeah, from DNA, they can trace you down, yeah. So, um, so one thing is like you, you're... I mean, but, but it's, it's any sort of trade-off, right? If you want to 
you want to do some tests and then knowing what's wrong with you or, or you want to improve your life, I think it's this part of you have, I mean, part of the privacy have to be given up, right? Because sometimes like we go on to a, 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 a like a air, air, airplane. We have to all go through this kind of humiliating kind of security kind of track, but that's part of the price to pay to be on a safe airplane. Yeah, I, I think, and that's why, like, I think, like, uh, how they handle data is is really, really important. Just as tech companies like Apple and Google bear huge responsibilities for user data, the same goes for genetic testing companies. So the other thing is like, a, and, and when you give out your DNA, you're not only revealing your identity; you're revealing the identity of your entire family. Yeah. So, for example, like if you. Uh, if you give out your if if you're like a guy like like me right so if you give out your DNA you're basically giving out all the information about all the male person like persons in your entire family your uncles your brothers your father your grandfather like all the males yeah and if you're a woman they can trace your female family members via mitochondria oh my God I'm gonna write my next dystopian novel on this or something it's great. <laughs> and the, and, the, and this is definitely valuable. Yeah. I mean, okay, I, I think everyone should think about your DNA as your data. It's valuable. It's very valuable, right? So, for example, like uh, right now, there is this kind of a push of get a bit of, uh, get, get a, a bit of profit back from every Google search, every Amazon kind of shipment, right? So, so it's because you're contributing to the data and then you are making Google search more and more accurate. So you should get a bit of profit back. And I think the same thing for DNA, maybe. Maybe in the future, it's not like you have to pay them to sequence the DNA, they have to pay you mm. to give them DNA. So after everything, what's the purpose of doing such testing? Uh, it's just to know yourself. I think uh, I, I can I can give you some examples like uh, for like like maybe uh, people with uh, schizophrenia, right? So mental disorders, and they have complaints from their families. They maybe they have complaints from the society. Like why why don't you kind of live your life as normal people? Maybe by sequencing particular variations in their genomes, they will find out this is actually genetic. So I should not really blame myself. This is because of my DNA. So I think that will come as a relief to a lot of people, right? That's, that's one way of thinking about it. The other way of thinking about it is like, a, you definitely want to live your life to the full, full potential. And then I think knowing your DNA will help you kind of advise a very healthy kind of lifestyle. Uh, maybe adjust your behavior a little bit. So make sure you don't get that diabetes very early on. And knowing kind of what kind of exercise you should be doing, either both mental and physical. And that will all help you kind of live a healthy life. Okay, got it. So here are some takeaways. Number one, not all genetic testing results are equally scientific. Some are more reliable, while others are just scientists having fun. Number two, your genes are not your destiny. See your test results as a guideline. Number three, definitely read the agreements. And lastly, 
If you're still interested to find out if you're a descendant of Sima Guang, let me. In theory, all of us are related. Every single person, like male, can all trace back the Y chromosome to one Y chromosome in Africa, right? So, like, how how much related is meaningful? I I think that's something for the individual to interpret. I mean, if you really have a large heart, you you should think like a. Every person on the planet is your is your is related, right? Because they are. In that case, Dr. Jung's suggestion is just have a big heart. Yeah. For the record, Twenty Three Morphone does provide the option to destroy your sample after you've done your test. By the way, if you're curious why the number 23 appears in the names of several genetic testing companies, that's because humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes. If you want to see my reaction when Dr. Jung told us what might be at stake when we gave our DNA away, <laughs> <laughs> which was priceless, yeah, head to the Facebook group Inside China Tech. It's a community group for tech people, your people. This episode was produced and edited by Yang Yang. Huge thanks to Zhou Kun from Twenty Three Mofang and Dr. Chao Gu Zhong from the University of Hong Kong. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, do rate us on iTunes or subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, and basically anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu. And if you want to read more tech stories happening on this side of the world, head to stmp.com/tech. See you in two weeks. Bye.